I'm Emily. And I'm Joel. And you are listening to Drink Drunk, Drunk. Dead. 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 Every gotta time. Get, you gotta get real low. I can't. Dead. Dead. I can't do the demonic voices that you can do. I don't think that's demonic as much as it is kind of frog-like. Dead. Just imagine walking through the bayou and hearing dead. That was our first episode was the bayou. Dead. dead. Voodoo in the bayou. Voodoo. Okay. So I want to give a shout out to the designer of our wonderful logo, which I love our logo because it's unique. Nobody else really has anything like it. And that was from Jolly Rogers Designs by Roger Dobry, R-O-D-G-E-R, Dobry, D-O-B-R-Y. You can find him on Facebook if you are interested in getting some designs for yourself. We are very pleased with the results. Pretty gnarly. So, uh, what are you drinking tonight? E&J. What's E&J? E&J. <laughs> That's descriptive. Thank you. Brandy. Oh, Brandy. Okay. It was established in 1975. Ooh. Well, mine was, I am drinking Cuervo Gold because it is, hands down, one of my absolute favorite drinks in the whole world. And let's see, when was this established? 1795. Eat that. I'm going to be doing that Haunted Distilleries episode with Haley next week. We're going to have a guest co-host next week with me. Joel's taking a break and I've got my best friend Haley helping me out. And we're doing Haunted shush, Distilleries. Shush, shush. And I, I should do Cuervo because it's my favorite. Well, if only if they have haunted stories. I'm sure they do. If you hear some funny little wheezing in the background, or our poor new baby kitties caught a virus and they're both a little sick, so they're just kind of chilling right next to me and snoring a bit. Hefty bowls. Mm, poor babies. Uh. That's attractive. Thank I, you. <laughs> that came through on my mic. As it should. So I'm drinking the gold, and everybody makes fun of me for drinking gold because apparently Cuervo Gold and Cuervo Silver are the exact same thing. It's just that gold has special coloring. No, it's not the same exact thing. They don't taste the same to me. Gold, um, I watched a YouTube video. Gold, <laughs> Cuervo Gold is actually, I wouldn't say aged because it really doesn't, I guess, it's, it's only aged, I think, one to three months more and it gets its gold color from the the barrels that it sits in whereas like the platinum the silver Mm -hmm. right as it's distilled it's bottled the gold goes into into barrels for a little while so the color comes from the wood and being being aged i didn't know that yeah i told you about that well, apparently I forgot because apparently. this sounds like brand new listen. news to me. I love the gold. I To me, it kind of has this citrusy taste and I just, I look like a complete drunk when I have it because I will just sit there and drink a glass of Cuervo gold. It is so good. So good. So good. Yeah. So did you have anything interesting happen this week? We're going to go through our usual discussion. How was your week? Oh, it was your birthday. Mm-hmm. 
How was your birthday? I know it kind of sucked because I was gone. That's, that, that's what made it suck. Yeah. All right. You had a good time with your family and you got some cake. That's true. And a good chunk of change. And some new clothes. A few quarters. So what what did what did you get from your loving girlfriend? Who? Shut up. Who is this loving girlfriend Your you speak butthead. of? I'm going to cut that part out. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you get? I got a Polaroid camera. And I don't know what it's called. It's called Art Blocks. Art Blocks. Mm-hmm. I found it on Etsy. Is that where you found it? Yeah, it's so cool. Isn't it? Is it is pretty cool. I love it. So it's a message that she recorded. It's dirty, so I'm not going to say it out loud. <laughs> But you can scan it with your phone, then it takes you to a web page where you can hear the message. It's pretty cool, and it shows you the waveform. Yeah, so it's almost kind of like um, looking at the recordings of our podcast where you see the waveform, but it's on this uh, acrylic, acrylic block, clear block, and it's Hence your favorite the name, color. Art block. Your favorite color, red. Uh-huh. I took some time carefully picking out just the perfect shade of red for you. Did you? Because I had like 20 different shades. <laughs> it's very nice thank yep. you baby and then i gave you the world's shortest message mm-hmm. yep because i love you but it was the world's sweetest message oh it's up there it's up there it's up there yeah what else did you get mystery boxes oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> well that was like a month ago it's a subscription. You get it for three months. I got the this mystery box subscription. The new but, one should be coming soon, though. Yeah. I can't remember what company I got yours from because I got one. I got the subscription for you, and then I went to a different company for the one for my parents. And they're both awesome. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. I love doing the mystery boxes. Mystery boxes sponsor us. Yeah. Heck yeah. Those are so cool. I want to see if I can find a haunted one for us to do. <laughs> Goodness Are you laughing gracious. at me? I know I'm obsessed. Well, I mean, the last one kind of was almost like a haunted one. Not really. It was Oriental Express mystery. Huh? It was an Oriental Express murder mystery. That is not the same thing as haunted. Murdered does not equal haunted. Although that is often the case, it is not always the case. It is always the case. So anyway, that it was his birthday this week, and that was the big... He got a lot of big gifts, and we're celebrating this weekend. Are we? Well, duh. I'm home now. That's when the party starts. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got to tell you about my drive home. So I have to drive three and a half hours from State College back to Erie. I drive there every Tuesday morning, and then I drive back Friday evening, and it's a sucky drive. So I binge my podcasts, as you know. And I have a few favorites. I, I like um, My Favorite Murder, which those girls are twisted. It's hysterical and so wrong. And then I listen to, and that's why we drink, because I like my booze. So they do, my favorite murder is all about murders and crime and stuff like that. And then, and that's why we drink kind of mixes murder mysteries and paranormal. And then um, Two Girls, One Ghost, which is absolutely my favorite podcast ever. It's the one you started out on, isn't it? That is my first podcast that, that broke my podcast cherry. And it is thanks to Haley, who turned me on to that, introduced me to podcasts, and basically inspired this podcast. 
reasons why we're here. Well, I was listening to Two Girls, One Ghost on the way home. And it's um, episode 75, which is, I think, Mirror, Mirror on the Wall. And you, you know me and mirrors. You a lot of time in your hands, don't you? What? 75 podcasts in. Well, I drive seven hours a week. That's seven hours or seven podcasts at least each week. And then anytime I'm in the lab, I'm listening to them also. Because they're funny. Funny. Yeah, and ridiculous. And the way they pronounce things is hysterical because it's so wrong. Let's hope they don't listen to this. They can pronounce French. They cannot pronounce basic English. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like them. It's funny because you listen to a podcast and you start to feel after a while like you know the people who are on the other end. Like you get to like, know them. You're my friends. I've never met you like a weirdo. Anyway, so on the drive home, I'm listening to episode 75, Mirror, Mirror on the Wall. And the first half, I'm kind of tuning out a little bit and just driving. And then I realized they're talking about dark mirrors. And I'm driving in a car at night with three dark mirrors facing at me. And I was freaked out. I just felt like I couldn't look in any of my mirrors. You have both side view mirrors and then your rear view mirrors. So they're pointing at you. And I didn't want to look at any of them because I felt like, oh, my God, if I look in there, I'm going to see something staring back at me that I don't want to see. So you were being an unsafe driver. No, I look over my shoulder. I can turn around and look. And I drive fast enough that I ain't nobody tailing me. You just admitted to a crime. What, driving fast enough? I didn't say it was speeding. I'm just driving faster than the other people. Because, especially tonight, everybody was driving like 30 freaking miles an hour on a 70 mile hour highway. So long story short, if you're driving on I-80 or (laughs) I-79. And you see somebody zipping past you, it might be me. If you see a a bright pink Lamborghini. Oh yeah, that's it. Yeah. (laughs) Get out of their way. Because M's coming through. Did you have anything else happen this week? I know you took the kitties to the vet because they I mean, were sick. Sh- jack shit happened this week. So it was a boring week. Very much so. Well, I had some interesting things happen. I was sitting in one of my discussion classes on Wednesday, and it's in the morning, and you know how anymore I don't really eat on campus because it's expensive for one, and two, I don't want to try and find a microwave to use. It's hard mm. to find a microwave. So I'm hungry right and i'm sitting in this discussion class and my stomach makes this god awful sound that is so loud it drowns out our speaker for the day and everybody just kind of stops and looks at me and i being me thinking i'm fucking hysterical i go oh i'm sorry those were just my inner demons screaming and they just stared at me like what the fuck is wrong with you (laughs) nobody starts splashing you with holy water They were just looking at me like, what? What? Why would you say that? It's my inner demons. It made this horrible demonic sound from my stomach. (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah. But that was not the only thing that happened to me. Actually, um, last night when I was editing episode two, which, by the way, all of our episodes will be going up. They should be scheduled every Sunday, 2 p.m. They'll be going up on... Spotify, they might have to get approved by iTunes and iHeartRadio. I'm not really sure how long that takes. So they might not go up right away on iTunes and iHeartRadio. But they'll go up on Spotify because apparently Spotify doesn't care. They don't give a fuck. 
We also have um, Drink Drunk Dead Podcast dot Buzz Sprout B U Z Z S P R O U T dot com is our website where you can play the episodes. Anyway, so I was editing the episode to go up this weekend, which is episode two, and I'm sitting there in the motel staring at my computer and right above my computer for the first time in my life ever I saw an orb like this was a this was a hardcore orb it went right over the top of my computer it was right in my line of view it looked like about the size of like um when you play beer pong the pong balls and it was Is that the only place they use <laughs> pong balls yeah and beer pong yep Especially when we play beer pong at round one. It's called a ping pong ball. <laughs> is that what it's called? It okay. is. Yeah. <laughs> so it was about that size and it was this pure white and it was super bright and I have never seen anything like it in my life. And I just stared at it in awe and it moved like from my left side across to my right side and then it just kind of faded out. The coolest thing I think I've ever seen. I've never seen you anything sure it wasn't like just it. a floater? No, it was way too big. It was huge. I mean, it's the size of a ping pong ball. That's not huge. That's a good size. How do you have that amount of light? It was bright. It was brighter than the sun kind of bright. It was so bright. Yeah. Just pure white light. I've never, I never believed really in orbs ever until I saw this thing yesterday. You believe in everything. I do not believe in everything. I believe in a lot of things. I don't believe in everything. I like evidence. And for me, evidence is evidence often that I have to see or it's published in a scientific paper and then I look at it and pick it apart. And But this I saw. It was incredible. I don't really know how to describe it and do it justice. It was beautiful. But this is part of why when I was telling you earlier, I think that I've somehow picked up a spirit that is now traveling with me because I didn't have any activity in the motel last semester and I didn't at the very start of this semester and then suddenly in the past few weeks it's these podcasts that have brought it all upon you I don't know but I also pass a lot of accidents on I-80 and I kind of wonder if maybe somehow I picked up a traveling spirit there you were just talking about that last week yeah when I saw the accident but I already had whatever is with me now because I see it here at night, when, like the other week when I went to the bathroom in the middle of the night and I saw, because I cracked the door and there's that light in the hallway and I saw that shadow that went one way and then went the other. Mm-hmm. You're looking at me like you don't remember me telling you this. I do remember. I just don't like you repeating it. Oh, yeah. Well, apparently it only likes me, so it doesn't like you. Because you don't have me. any activity. but it, it So it's here with me. I see it. And then I see it down at State College, but I didn't see it until just recently, so... I think somehow I picked up a traveling spirit. Isn't that crazy? You might have to get out the house. You don't want to spend the night with me anymore? No. I don't even care if you cuddle me, sing me to sleep. I don't care. It's mm. not It's not cool. Not so much? No. Not in the slightest. Don't appreciate it. I'm sorry. You should be. And it's still my birthday week. Well, and you're going to bring spirits? You're going to be haunted. Into my house? Yes. I think... Um, we have things pretty much figured out for the next few weeks. Today, our topic is haunted hospitals, mm-hmm. which is going to be fun. Mm-hmm. And then 
Next week is going to be Haunted Distilleries with our guest co-host Haley. That's just going to be me and Haley that we're doing when I go down to school. As I said, she's the one that really turned me on to podcasting. So I wanted to bring her in and make her a part of this. She's super into the supernatural and paranormal. And then the week after that, we are doing, what are we doing? Haunted theaters. Theaters, yeah. Yeah. So we know at least the next few weeks. Stay tuned. We've got some good stuff. I found some amazing stuff for Haunted Theater. I'm so excited to do that episode. I have some good-hearted stories. Break from all this possessive shit. Hey, that's a good break. Not all hauntings are dark. They really aren't. Actually, most of them aren't dark. It's just the ones that you hear about are. Like, my stuff most of my life has not been yeah, dark in any getting, way. Yeah, because getting scratched by a fucking... It was one of our YouTube episodes. It was the... Uh... Why can't I remember? It was a very famous demon. Oh, Zozo. Dude, I swear to God, if <laughs> I'd off myself, I'm not putting up with none of that demon play bullshit. When I think about people playing with Ouija boards or like tonight listening to that mirror, mirror on the wall episode and people going and looking in this mirror, I think as much as I am about science and hard evidence there are certain things that i don't feel like testing and that's those are some of them i have enough experiences in my own personal life that i don't need to try it with a ouija board i don't need to look into a potentially haunted or cursed mirror and see my death things like this i i don't need it yeah i have no experiences and i don't still don't need it (laughs) intend on adding any well We've had our drinks. <laughs> I'm already drunk. Are you? <laughs> no, I don't drink. I think it's time for the dead. I think it is. Shall I start this week? Because I think you went last week with... I think you went last week. Did I? Okay, then you can start. All right, so we're doing... Haunted hospitals. I was going to get to it. Gosh. All right, so this is overseas, baby. Uh, and that's also going to attribute to the reason that I don't know how to to pronounce, pronounce this. Puveglia? Puveglia. Puveglia. I think you don't pronounce the G. It's Puveglia. Well, this is America. We pronounce the G's in America. I had an Italian friend that was like, you don't say the G's. Don't say the G's. So did he just say, you don't say the his last name, it looked like Pugliese or something. He's like, it's Pugliese. What a nerd. He was Italian. He's Italian. You got to put your hand up like this. Oh, just like this. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. So, Pavalia, it's an island. Um, and it's one of many small islands that dot the Venetian lagoon of northern Italy. Sounds it's located pretty. between. Huh? Sounds really pretty. The Venetian Lagoon. Yeah, right. So it dots the Venetian Lagoon. Dots the Venetian Lagoon. Northern Italy. And it's located between uh, Venice and Lido. Lido. I'm going to butcher everything. So the first inhabitants of this island came uh, in the year 421 AD in order to escape the barbarian hordes that were ravaging. Those would be the Germans. They're pretty good at that. 
But they were right to do so because Rome came in and was like, I'm going to fuck your shit up. And Germany's like, yeah, go ahead. Bring it, bitches. You thought you were getting a horror story, but yet you're getting a history lesson. <laughs> uh, you made me fucking lose my spot. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right. So it wasn't a very peaceful lifestyle, right? And um, these early inhabitants were beset, beset by the rampaging barbarians. And regular fighting was commonplace as they fought to keep the hordes at bay. So Pavalia became more populous and was steadily inhabited for centuries until its people were displaced in 1379 in order for the government to use the island as a station for which to battle attacking fleets from the genies. From the genies? Genoese. 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 From Genoa. Who comes up with this shit? (laughs) From the genies. Who knows? Yeah, there might have like, been genies. I don't know. I didn't realize the Italian had genies. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody got genies. Um, so it says that French commandos who were captured uh, were then brought onto the island and ruthlessly burned alive. Ew. Which only added to the turbulent violence that already plagued Pavalia's past. You know? Barbarian hordes mm-hmm. coming onto the island and just slaughtering these people and then there's the government comes on and is like get the fuck off the land and they're right. like what get out of here we're gonna burn you so the island remained uninhabited for quite a while and it was almost mostly forgotten until the bubonic plague it swept through europe and it, it, it left just massive death in its wake the italian government famous for its strict sanitary laws which i guess is a good thing turned several of these islands in the Venetian lagoon into special quarantine stations, referred to as lazarettos. And that was starting from about 1403. Right, but the bubonic plague lasted for several, it was like 200 years of come and go. Did they use it that whole damn time? You don't know that. I can tell by the look on your face. Never mind, erase that question. (laughs) Don't ask me shit that I don't know, okay? <laughs> so, however, as the plague grew worse and the death pole mounted, these quarantine stations went from slightly unpleasant holding facilities to more like hell on earth. Thousands of rotten bodies that were left in the wake of the disease, which were thrown into hastily dug grave pits and burned or buried. There was very little very little in the way of treatment from the somber doctors that patrolled the island. And and I'm sure you've seen this. These doctors would wear these sort of creepy long-nosed masks, mm-hmm. which they would pack into the nose with herbal concoctions in an attempt to prevent contracting the illness themselves. So it is thought that over the island's history, uh, during the dark years of the bu- bubonic plague, the corpses of around 160,000 men, women, and children from all walks of lives and levels of, levels of society had ended up here on this island. This was the resting place for 160,000 souls. That's a lot of people. It is a lot of people. Did you know that Ring Around the Rosie actually originated from the bubonic plague? Mm-hmm. Isn't that dark? Yeah, that Ring dark. Around the Rosie has to do with the... The way the disease presents itself. Right. And then pocket full of posies is to get rid of the smell. 
and then ashes, ashes, we all fall down. Is hey, we're all dead. This is a childhood rhyme. It's fucked yep. up. Yep. It's like Grimm's fairy tales, man. Yeah, man. This dark shit. Good shit. That is good shit. Yeah. And people wonder why society is so fucked up, right? So it is said that so many people died here, or their final resting place was on this island, that a good majority of the soil there is composed of human ash. That's disgusting. Just wait for it. Oh, please tell me they don't grow gardens there because then ew, what if you're like, what if your plants take that up? I Pocket I'm a, full of posies. No. Mm-mm. So in 1922, uh, existing building, buildings on the island were renovated and turned into an asylum for the mentally ill. What better place to put them than where 160,000 plus souls died? Right. Let's continue to torment the already insane. Smart. See, but doctors don't believe in ghosts. Don't believes? They don't believes. It's the plural. More than one belief. Believes. No believes. Okay. I got you. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah, dude, you're in masters right now. I am. I think you need to step back to third I'm a singular a belief minute. kind of person. You're a what? I'm a singular belief. I believe or I have a belief. Uh-huh. Or, as a scientist... I have a hypothesis that I would like to test. A hypothesis, you mean? Oh, God. I've had way too much of this tequila tonight. As you pick it up, continuing to sip it. It's delicious. Uh-huh. So there was a sadistic doctor uh, who performed demented experiments on patients. Lobotomies were often seen as the cure to whatever was ailing these tortured souls. So things did not end well for this doctor, right? Story goes that he began to be harassed by ghosts, menacing shadows and other strange voices gibbering away in his head. After being driven stark raving mad from these constant phantom assaults, the doctor proceeded to throw himself, or in some accounts was thrown from an unseen force, uh, from the top of of a bell tower. And it was the very same one where he had committed a lot of his deranged atrocities. A, a lot of people, a lot of patients that uh, who survived their time at this asylum, as well as some staff there, had always reported, like in the middle of the night, they would just hear screams coming from this bell tower, where the doctor performed a lot of these just fucked up uh, experiments on the people who were who were there. I wonder if the energy from the torment that he created there, it it wasn't so much the ghosts of people in the past as it was the energy of the torment that he created for the people that were currently there. And maybe that was what drove him mad or drove him to jump or pushed, as the theory goes. Like in his own mind? Like... That that anguish and that anger and that pain, that's a lot of energy. That's a powerful energy, right? And that's up in that bell tower. And if he goes up there to where that energy is and he's the cause of that energy, does that then, I don't know, basically like electrify through him? Maybe. I guess that would depend on your belief system of 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 the dead and the... Well, there's what happens afterward. There's the theory that if what you experience in life 
is powerful enough that even while you're alive, it can impact those that are around you, that that energy stays there. It's, it, that's, it's strong when you go through these truly traumatic events. So I wonder if even the patients that were there were affecting him without even knowing it. Maybe. Could. Who knows? You get what you give. All right. It's part of the great mystery. Anyway. All right. So there was a nurse who had worked at the asylum who had reportedly witnessed the event, who would later claim that the doctor had survived the initial fall from the bell tower, but his twisted, broken body had then been wreathed in a mysterious mist as he lay there in agony, which then violently choked him to death. That's pretty fucked up. Pretty fucked up. Especially if you witness it. Right. Nightmares for life. <laughs> so the asylum closed in 1968 with, in Italian, the psychiatric department sign still marks its location. Mm-hmm. Um, upon the closing of the hospital, the island was used mostly for agriculture, such as vineyards. And this goes back to the 160,000 dead bodies that were buried there. Who the f- Friggity titties wants to eat any kind of anything. Well, it's Italy. Chances are it's not for eating, it's for drinking. And are it still in general? Who the... <laughs> yeah. You better go check that wine I just got for you today. <laughs> What's the label say? 160,000 <laughs> corpses wine? <laughs> um, so there were two families who had bought the island, uh, but each quickly abandoned it. The first one, for unknown reasons, uh, there was a rumor that the daughter of one of the families had split her face and ripped wide open, ripped it wide open while on the island. Oh, that is awful. Yeah, like just just an accident. She, I, I just running through, you know, the forestry there, and you kind of fell on something, ripped it wide open. But still, yeah. Well, uh, I mean, that could be totally natural most likely is a completely natural event but when you've got all the other stuff that might yeah. be pushing you towards hey we need to get the hell out of here yeah so a lot of the people who come there report immediately being engulfed with a heavy feeling of dread and despair which sort of seems to hang in the air almost like a tangible cloud a lot of people report tortured wailing or moaning emanating from the island's various dilapidated darkened buildings as well as the inexplicable tolling of the bell tower's bell even when no one is there you want to go visit on our honeymoon yeah nope you always poo poo all the fun stuff can we not do a haunted tour fun I want to do a haunted tour so badly fun go with Haley Fine, I'll take Haley on our freaking honeymoon. What? When else am I going to go to Europe except for maybe scientific conferences? Are you paying for this trip? It's our honeymoon. We're paying for this trip. If we're going on some fucking haunted expedition, I'll go. But you're paying for it. So some of the shaken witnesses have described... He purring? He's purring. He's a very happy kitty. Happy kitty. Even though we're talking about horrid shit. Yeah, he doesn't care. Yeah. 
So some shaken witnesses have described picking around in the remains of the old asylum and being commanded by an unearthly voice to leave and to never come back. And it's not uncommon for people to report seeing shadowy figures skulking around in the dim ruins of the island. Sounds like a dark place to visit. Sounds like a very dark place to visit. Psychics who have visited the island have described it as a harrowing place filled with malignant. Malignant? Malignant. What? Malevolent? Malignant is like a tumor. Malevolent would be evil. Just let me fucking talk, all right? (laughs) Angry, vicious entities that seem to have a nasty and malicious intent. Did you say malicious? Malicious. Oh. Is your nose stuffy? It sounded like bullicious. I think you tripping. I have had quite a bit of tequila. That is the idea of this podcast, though, right? Uh, I think the idea is to entertain our beautiful viewers. Listeners? They're not viewers anymore, silly. They are still viewing. They have to view iTunes or Spotify or iHeart. If you want to see just how beautiful or possibly ugly we are go check out our youtube channel we're freaking gorgeous come on shut the fuck yeah come on now honey (laughs) positivity we're beautiful we're glorious bring it up shoddy we gorgeous i'm gorgeous damn are you about to finish that bottle of enj it wasn't that much in the first place so other ghostly encounters are more aggressive and physical and I think that's the thing that would scare the, scare me the most, right? Is the physical. Getting touched? Yeah. Yeah, that... I imagine that's pretty scary. I think... I don't think I know. For me, with the paranormal and the abnormal, is not being able to do anything about it, right? Like, if there was a physical entity that you could defend against... I saw that. Get out of here. Sneezed everywhere. That's worse than being haunted, dude. Is getting a fucking cat sneeze all over your arm. Emmett, come here, bud. He's gonna sneeze all over you. I hope he doesn't. I think he saved it just for you. Yeah, appreciate it. But no, for it, like not being able to defend yourself against it. I think that's the part that. Not so much scares, but worries me the most, right? Like people getting their hair tugged, getting pushed. I don't know. I personally, until recently, I never really saw that much, but I heard a lot. And hearing things can be really unnerving because you almost feel like you're losing your mind when you hear voices. You think, oh my God, is this in my head? Am am I schizophrenic? You lost your mind a while ago can't lose something you never had anyway so you don't want to get touched not by ghosts anyway right so these physical attacks right a lot of people visitors reported being brushed nudged or even shoved by some invisible hands invisible forces and it wasn't uncommon for these people to report that and there were often cases of attacks by unforeseen forces That were almost brutal in nature. Brutal how? Just being pushed? 
being assaulted. I mean, I guess almost almost anything would be brutal, right? And unwarranted. And I, don't, un- I don't know if your sibling's poking you in the arm in the back of your car on a road trip. Do you consider that a brutal attack? Absolutely. How would you respond? Honestly, I'd probably smack my sister if she did right. that. So you would consider that brutal, right? If it warranted a smack back, you would... No, I would consider I would... it annoying, irritating, and an encroachment on my personal space. And then I Hence... would... Yes. Oh, that's what they're doing. They think it's annoying, rude, and we're encroaching on their space. So they're like, bitch, get the fuck out of my face. You think so? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. And that's... that. Think about the sibling response. But they're not related. It doesn't matter if they're related. Think about that response, though. I think if I were a spirit, I would appreciate somebody who is not dead because they have 159,999 other people on the island with them, but none of them are alive, right? Yeah, but that's 160,000 people that you're crowded onto an island with and you have somebody else that comes on and disrespects your space and you're like, bitch, get out of here. Who said they're disrespecting it, though? Well, if you're a spirit and you think this is your home and there's somebody that you don't know coming into your place, if somebody just strolled into you your house, how would you feel? you think they know every 159,999 other people on the island? I think 400 plus years in, they probably do. I don't know. It takes more than a day to get to know somebody. We don't know what it's like on the ethereal plane, though. So there's a TV show, which I believe you're familiar with, called Ghost Adventures. Oh, yeah. With oh, Okay, so I found out he actually does pronounce his last name Baggins. Like, Zach Baggins. 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 Mm-hmm. I don't... It's, it's That's spelled... That's how I'd pronounce it. Baggins, but he pronounces it Baggins. Yeah. It drives me crazy. I don't know. It kind of sounds like a Fargo accent to me, hey? A what? You have your bagel. A Fargo? Yeah. What's a Fargo? Fargo, North, North Dakota. They kind of sound like they're from Letterkenny. Canadia. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so in 2009, the crew, along with Zach Bagans, basically stranded themselves on the island for 24 hours. And they wanted to see what they could come up with and immediately had their equipment, equipment giving weird readings, blazing off the charts, you know, EMFs, so all that good shit. And it was quickly quickly followed by an inexplicable equipment malfunctions and a pervasive, dire sense of dread that overcame everybody on the crew. So uh, they experienced disembodied voices and footsteps, EVP phenomena, and captured mysterious orbs on camera. But things apparently got even more out of hand. And this is the part that I found find comical. When big and... Apparently was wandering the island, provoking the spirits in Italian, when he was seemingly viciously assaulted by some unforeseen and obviously unfriendly entity that appeared to want to possess him. In the footage, terrified Bagan became or can be seen flailing and trying to fight off whatever it is that is tormenting him with such rage, like he was possessed. And he just tries to to combat this demon, right? This spirit. Uh-huh. And it's, it's just okay. ridiculous. First of all, if you're going into their house and you're being a dick, what do you really expect? And second, 
I don't think I have ever watched a single episode of Ghost Adventures where they didn't find something. You've never watched it? Now that I can binge it when I go down to school, it's on Travel Channel all the time. And I don't think I've ever seen a single episode where they don't have ridiculous amounts of activity. Yeah, sometimes it almost just seems illegitimate. Yeah, it's... I think that there are probably occasions where they get real activity, and there are certainly episodes that keep me on the edge of my seat, and I find it entertaining, but I also find it, one, irritating that they go in and they antagonize every spirit they ever meet, and two, I just don't find it realistic that you find activity every freaking place you go. Mm -hmm. I think it, you know, it's for the production value, of course. It's entertainment. overplay it. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not that I don't believe that they go out and they get to these places and they have legitimate experiences. I absolutely believe that when you go in and they visit as many places as they as they have, and if you've ever seen um, Aaron on the show, I think that guy has often has real experiences. But I don't think that everything that they put on that show by any means is realistic, and I think a lot of it's played up. And I don't know. I think it's it's TV. So hearing that he got attacked again after provoking a ghost, first of all, what do you expect when you're being a douchebag? Right. Anybody comes into your house and starts being a dick to you, what are you going to do? You're going to kick him the fuck out, right? Mm-hmm. You're like, mm-mm, this shit is not going to fly. Bounce, cuz. Mm-hmm. Anyway. you tell that to your damn orb that keeps following you around? So far, it hasn't really, aside from I told you... When we originally recorded these first few episodes that I got that weird, like, hereditary movie style tongue click. You did not tell me that. Oh, I didn't? Oh, yeah. I, um, uh, this was several weeks ago. I was laying in bed trying to fall asleep and on the left side of my head and my, in my ear, I very- Here? No, at school. All right, cool. I very clearly got the and then- I thought it was really weird and I kind of, it sounded like there was somebody whispering in my ear on the left side only. And that is actually the side that's away from the heater. So I shouldn't have sound coming from that side, really. Bouncing off the walls a little bit, but you'd be able to tell that sound. And I'm used to it. But then the next morning on my right side, I heard it again. But aside from that, I really, I don't know. There hasn't been anything that really creeped me out about it. It's just present. It's like, I'm here. It's following me around. So was that your was that your hospital? Or do you that have... was my cow. I don't I don't know how to respond to that. Bitch, I'm too smooth. Should I share this with Doja? I know you are a huge fan. She boy never of Doja. responded. Remember, I messaged her on Instagram the one day. Oh, so did I. Did you? I tried to get her attention so I could get tickets for you for your birthday. <laughs> I would do anything for Doja. Would you do anything for me? To an extent. <laughs> you should have seen his face. But for Doja? He was thinking about it. Literally anything. <laughs> literally. So was that your cow then? That was my cow. Okay, then you know what's going to happen right now? You're going to have a cow? I'm going to have a pee break. I got to pee really bad. All right. So you have a story for us, do you? I do have a story. This actually comes from, uh, this was recommended by Paranormal Database, who followed our YouTube channel on Instagram. I don't know if it's one guy or a group out of the UK, but they go around to different places in the UK and they take these beautiful black and white pictures. 
uh-huh. of the different locations, and then they give you a history of the building and the hauntings. And it's it's a really cool Instagram. I highly recommend you check it out. Paranormal Database on Instagram. They're really cool. I like them a lot. So this comes from them or him. I'm not sure which. The uh, So what I went with was the Bethlehem Royal Hospital. Uh-huh. And currently it's a psychiatric hospital. And it's moved around several times throughout its history. It's still in operation today. And it, now it's situated in Beckenham, southeast London. Uh, it's the oldest psychiatric hospital in the world, and it dates back all the way to 1247, so it's been around for a long, long time. Today, it's part of the South London and Maudsley NHS Foundation Trust, so I do not remember what NHS stands for because I wrote this several weeks ago. Mm, we National or Natural Historical Society? No, but it's also known as SLAM for <laughs> Southern... London and Maudsley. Slam. I think that's funny. So as I said, it was originally built in 1247. And at the time it was built as a monastery. And it was operated with the goal of supporting crusades and taking care of the poor, disabled and abandoned. The original location was built on top of a sewer. And the sewer would often overflow and fill the property with all that nastiness. Yummy. Yeah, right? So the monks and the patients would have to trudge through all the yuck. Uh Could you imagine? It was the poor or maybe occasionally orphans. And I think originally when it was built, it could only take on like 12 extra people besides the monks. So it wasn't that many people. But still, you're there for help. And the place that you go to for help, you have to trudge through other people's poo-poo. Poop. I mean, we all know pooping is important, but nobody wants to walk in it. Right. It first became known as a hospital in 1330 and could only accommodate about a dozen patients at that time. So, as I was saying. But by the mid-1400s, it became a specialist institution for the confinement of the insane. And in 1598, the keeper of the hospital left his position, so the city decided to become... Oh, I'm sorry. Decided to come in for the first time in over 40 years to see how it's running. And they found that the roof was caving in, the kitchen sink was completely stopped up, and they reported that it was loathsomely filthy, and that it wasn't fit for any man to live in. At this point, it had been in operation as an institution for the insane for about 150 years or so. And this is really the first time that they were coming in and checking it out, which is pretty sad i mean i guess they probably had people come in occasionally but as was common then and is still common now you can pay people off so depictions of the in uh, inmates as they were called which were the patients from the period show them chained up and tied up and then they were kept in these really sparse conditions so it's basically like they were in this stone room and they were chained to a bed and that was about it hmm. which sucks that would suck those are terrible conditions at a monastery yeah they look like prisoners they don't look like people being treated for anything isn't that sad i think by the time gosh i can't remember when it was and i didn't take notes of it i should have but it was a monastery for i want to say 
two or three hundred years. So maybe by the late fifteen hundreds, it was actually taken over by. Um, it's not taken over by the royals, but it's taken over by the crown essentially. Mm-hmm. Are you yawning as no. I'm telling my story? I was inhaling. Damn it! Now you can make me yawn. Ha <laughs> ha! You can make everybody else yawn because it's going in the podcast. Okay, so, but it was taken over by the crown, and they were just putting in their own people. It wasn't a monastery anymore at that point, I think. Gotcha. So, in 1676, it was moved to a larger facility in the area, and they decided to decorate it with art to represent madness. And these, this included things like creepy statues over the gate, and they had two of them. One of which was called Raving Madness, and it looked like an angry man in chains. These were sculptures, you said? Yeah, this is over the entrance to the hospital at the gate. Imagine the first thing you see is a man in chains when yeah. you walk in. One of them, I think, was kind of melancholy. He looks sad, and the other one looks all raving mad, and he's chained up. And this is why. what you walk into. Yeah. Because they didn't fucking care. They're like, you crazy. You're not a person. They definitely believed people with disabilities weren't people. I'm glad we live in the age we do. It certainly isn't perfect now, but it's a heck of a lot better than it used to be. Anyway, this is around the time that it became known as Bedlam Hospital, which means uproar and confusion. Confusion, And this is actually where the word Bedlam originated, which I think is so freaking cool. So Bethlehem became Bedlam, uh-huh. and it meant confusion. Uh, the neighbors of the f- the facility would complain about the sounds of cryings, screechings, roarings, brawlings, shaking of chains, swearings, frettings, and chafings. I don't know how you hear frettings. How do you hear frettings or chafing? Like, when I think chafing, I think of thick thighs. Maybe the chafing of chains. I don't know. They hear shaking of chains already. I, I don't know. Chafing, to me, definitely relates to thick thighs. Yeah. That was me back in fifth grade. Thunder thighs. Thunder thunder thighs. Okay, it moved again in 1815. And then finally in 1930, the hospital was moved to a more quiet and rural environment. And that's where it is now. And Mm -hmm. it's operating. And the history of the treatment there is really dark. Erasmus Darwin, who I think was... uh, Charles Darwin's grandfather, I'm pretty positive that was his grandfather, designed a treatment to purge the madness where they would strap a patient in a chair suspended, suspended, suspended tequila Tequila. from the ceiling and then they would spin it really rapidly towards the doctor to make the patient really dizzy, sometimes as much as an estimated 100 rotations per minute. So basically what they would do is they'd spin the person really fast and then make them puke. And that was purging the madness. Makes sense. Uh Uh-huh. That's how that works. Scientific. Yeah. So they'd get really sick and they'd puke everywhere. Uh, Patients were also beaten, starved, subjected to bloodletting, and dunked in ice baths. And this seriously sounds like the kind of treatment that they do down at Guantanamo, even though Guantanamo tells you that that's not what they do. So the treatments were so rough that the hospital would not accept anyone that they felt was too frail to withstand them, which is pretty fucked up. You're already accepting people who are supposed to... Damn, cat. 
um, it's really, if you think about it, it's pretty fucked up because they're accepting people who are supposed to be mentally unstable. They're ill in some way already. And then if you don't think that they're strong enough in their illness to withstand your treatment, you're like, get the fuck out. Peace out. Bye, Felicia. Can't take a puke, huh? No, it's, it was worse. Some of the stuff they did was awful. And uh, for a while, the public, particularly the wealthy who could afford to do this, were allowed to pay to come in and and view the spectacle of the insane. And this is actually like some where... some purge shit. It's messed up. And this is where a lot of the hospital's money, their revenue came from for quite a long time, was from the wealthy paying to come in and go through it like it was a freaking zoo. Mm-hmm. Isn't that screwed up? In 1814, the Quaker Edward Wakefield visited the hospital, and while he was there, he saw naked, starved men chained to walls, and he said the worst case was that of James Norris. James was kept in a harness with chains that ran through a wall into an adjoining room, so like a hole in the wall, chains Uh running through it, room next to it. And whenever the staff felt like it, they would yank on the chains, slamming James into the wall. Wakefield is horrified by this. And he asks how long this has been going on. And the staff's like, oh, I don't know. You know, maybe like nine or 12 years or so. Could could you imagine? 12 years of just The man's just trying to take a nap and he gets fucking pulled into the wall. Well, I mean, you poop like four times a day. Could you imagine being on the crapper? Why are you telling everybody these things? You poop once a day. Could you imagine going to the bathroom and somebody slams you into it? Into the wall? I would would purposely shit through the hole in the wall. (laughs) Just stick your butthole right up to the wall. Yeah, (laughs) right? That's disgusting. So when they pull on the chain, they're grabbing on Dookie. No! That would be hysterical. That is perfect payback. Just crap all over the chain. This is what you get. So in the 1970s, the hospital got a new chief surgeon named Brian Crowther. And he's he's supposed to take care of the sick patients. But he was really more interested in them once they died. So since dissections were illegal at the time, except in the cases of vagrants and prisoners... Whenever families wouldn't claim the bodies of his deceased patients, he would, quote unquote, carve them up for science. Huh. Yeah. So they were illegal because of religious yeah. backing. Kind yep. of. Yeah. It was basically only okay when you were considering people who essentially weren't people anymore. The vagrants, right. the homeless, prisoners, things of that sort. But these bodies weren't claimed, and he's like, nobody's going to care, so I'll just go ahead and do what I want to do, which is pretty fucked up. That's shitty. So, um, in 2013, mass graves containing an estimated, and the number varies really widely, it's uh, 3,000 to 20,000 bodies were discovered on the second property where the hospital resided, which is now the location of the Liverpool Street Underground Station, which is like a railway station, Uh subway. So they found a lot of bodies there. They think a lot of that relates back to plague. They don't think it necessarily relates directly to the institution, but it's just in the location of the institution. They can't say for sure because the institution was there at the time of plague and the fire in London and... All that. So, there were a lot of deaths. But 
3,000, 20,000, either way, it's a lot of bodies. Right. So people that were sent to the hospital could have been committed for nearly any reason. Family members that wanted to get rid of somebody that they found too uh, burdensome would just get doctors to sign off that their family member was not of sound mind, and then they'd be committed. And this happened a lot to women, especially in the 1800s, for things like melancholia, so depression, uh, general depression, mania, infidelity, postpartum, so, all kinds of stuff. So was it the family members that were admitting these people, yep. or was yeah. it themselves? Yeah, so like a husband that wants to get rid of his wife because she's too sad. But it could also be for things like people with disabilities were admitted, people with epilepsy were admitted. Anybody who didn't want to take care of somebody in their family that they felt like was too big of a burden, mm-hmm. all they had to do was get two doctors to sign off on it, and then they could be committed. Huh. And you could basically pay off your doctor to do that. So they they assumed that there were probably plenty of people of perfectly sound mind that were committed, though there were definitely some that were not, which I'll tell you some stories about. So, like I said, they were committed for everything from epilepsy to disability to murder. So, murderers were put in there with people of basic mental disabilities, right? Great place. Let's lump them all together. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the most famous inmates was a porter for Oliver Cromwell. Do you know who Cromwell was? No. So, King Charles I was beheaded during uh i think it was the period of enlightenment i may not be 100 percent correct on this i'm trying to remember my british history but oliver cromwell was the leader basically said that we don't want kings and we want a really religious and puritan style country oliver cromwell's the leader right gotcha so oliver cromwell has a porter named daniel daniel is an inmate ends up eventually an inmate at bethlehem hospital Daniel was reportedly about seven and a half feet tall, which would have been crazy in the 17th century because men were rarely taller than six feet, and it's still ridiculously tall now. I can only imagine how crazy it would have been then. Seven foot what? Seven and a half feet. That's two two and a half feet taller than I am. Did you just knock over your tequila? Nope. Don't do that. That's alcohol abuse. Don't spill it. I'm sorry. Admit me to the asylum. Yeah. So Daniel was a religious fanatic, and uh, he was also an alleged clairvoyant that had his own congregation inside the hospital. Although I don't know how you can seriously take a congregation inside a mental asylum that seriously, because everybody's like, yeah, let's go for it. It makes me think of like those horror movies where they get all the crazies, and they're just like, yeah, let's follow whoever. Like, uh, what was that movie we just watched the other day? When they went underground? What? In the Cold War? Oh, blast from the past. Leave my elevator alone. That's what it was. Leave my elevator alone. (laughs) They became like this weird cult. Uh There was a whole following after it. Yes, exactly like that. So he has his own congregation. He uh, reportedly predicted a flare-up of the plague and the Great Fire of London in 1666. There was also a famous artist. Famous artist. Oh, my God. I have went. I can't speak. No more. We need to end it here. <laughs> so cool. There was also a famous artist, Richard Dad, who stabbed his father to death because he was convinced that dear old dad was actually the devil. He also planned to kill the Austrian emperor and the pope because the god Osiris from Egypt told him to. 
So basically, this hospital was a terrible place filled with wild characters and dark history, and it was just not someplace you wanted to be. It's got quite a rep for itself already. Yeah, it's it's pretty awful. Okay, one of the more famous ghosts to haunt this area is named Rebecca Griffiths. She was in the hospital, uh, when, and when she was there, she was known for agitating other inmates. So she'd peer through their cell windows, and she was also known for compulsively carrying around this coin, kind of like an OCD. She had to have this little coin, uh-huh. and she took it with her everywhere. And it's believed that when she died, she was buried without her coin, and now a woman is regularly heard screaming and calling for a half penny. So they think it's probably her. And then in the year 2000, this this is the one that gets me, and I looked this video up. In the year 2000, a ghost was recorded on CT- CCTV around 2 a.m. in the station's East Tunnel, which at the time was closed. And the line controllers monitor- monitoring the CCTV, he saw a man in white overalls in the tunnel. So he calls the station supervisor, Steve, to report what he's seen. It's obviously Steve. Somebody- Steve. Seems like somebody's trespassing, right? So the supervisor goes down to the tunnel to check the situation out and kick out anybody that was there. The line controller watches Steve as he's looking around and he sees that this figure is standing right next to Steve. So he's really confused when Steve calls up and says that he hasn't seen anything. He's going, oh my gosh, how can this be? I'm looking right at this. He's right next to you. So the line controller sees him, but Steve doesn't. Right. So the the line controller says, he's standing right next to you. The figure is so close that this person can reach out and touch you or you could touch it, right? You were close enough to touch each other. And so he's really, con- Steve's really confused. And he goes back to the tunnel to look again. And this time the controller sees the figure walk past Steve. But Steve clearly is still not registering that anything's there. The line controller can see all this. Steve is obviously just completely oblivious to what's going on right i wonder if steve was just in on it and maybe maybe this white overall man was trying to steal some bricks from the from the tunnel and steve was just like we'll pass it off mm. okay so finally giving up steve went to leave the station tunnel and on his way out he spots white overalls on a bench that he'd passed before and he said that there's no way that they could have been placed there without him seeing it or seeing the person that placed them there. So that's one of the most famous, along with Rebecca, is this CCTV. And I, I looked at the video. I can't find the exact video. I find a lot of like little clipped images, and you can kind of see the outline. I could see what the line controller's thinking, but without seeing the video, I can't really 100%. Deduce anything. Correct. Yes. So... I mean, it's the image I, I see. It looks like white overalls. I totally get what this guy was seeing, but uh-huh. I don't know what it looks like on a moving screen, and I can't. When was this again? It was 2000. Okay, so technology was still coming about. Um, Excuse me? You want to try that again? I don't want to try that again. I was born technology... in 84, and there were CCTV back then. You okay, can definitely darling, have good Darling, you grew up with a fucking Atari. No, I didn't. And a Nintendo 64. Uh, a 64 yes, was did. amazing. What are you talking about? Mario 64 was great. Okay, it was a fucking 8-bit system. Who cares? It's probably more than 8-bit by story? that time. No, 64 was 3D, so. Anyway, but that was in the 90s. 
2000. Come on. This was good. Decent. Good? CCTV isn't good oh even now. Goodness gracious. CCTV is 4K now. What are you talking no, about? No, it's not. Have you seen? I've been looking at other Haunted videos online, and it's still not that good. I'll tell you that. Mm. People are not spending money on their CCTV. So anyway, for what it was, I could understand what the line controller saw, but without looking at the actual video, I can't really judge for myself based on just the still photo. I don't. Still photos are not my favorite, personally. Mm-hmm. But that's the haunting of Bedlam, Bethlehem Hospital. So it it started out as... It was originally a monastery. A monastery, and there was a lot of deaths from bubonic plague. There were Correct. deaths from plague in the city. I'm sure it hit the monastery also, but it was originally a monastery. There and was a lot it, of burials at this location correct at this location the liverpool street railway location yeah so there were a lot of bodies here a lot of spirits oh yeah found its final resting Mm -hmm. place thousands they know at least three thousand possibly up to twenty thousand the estimates vary depending on what website you were looking at Mm -hmm. but it was a lot right and from what i was reading it sounds like just in that general area it's not even just in the the um station location but it's almost like the hauntings spill out there are bars and barbers and houses nearby that all claim that there are a lot of hauntings so it's almost I'm like sure. there's just not enough room for all these haunted all these spirits to stay in that location and it spills out although i really couldn't find any more um contemporary reports within the station but that could be because it's just so active there isn't enough quiet time for people to pick up on that because I think the trains now run all the time. So there's no point anymore where it's quiet enough to be able to pick up on that sort of activity. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I'm just, there were, what, m- millions of deaths when the bubonic plague hit? Yeah, but that's wonder... all over the world. Well. It's not like it's in one location. Well, obviously not like one city, but it was... Europe and in Asia and in Russia. Russia's Asia. Huh? Russia is part of Asia. You didn't know that? No, it is not. Yes, it is. Russia is not part of Asia. Russia's part of Asia. No, it is not. Yes, it is. Look no, at it. No, it is not. <laughs> India's part of Asia. Correct. Yes, Russia's part of Asia. Russia is its its own country. Asia is not a country, you dweeb. It's a region. Yes, and Russia's part of that no, region. No, it is not. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. All right, listen. I had world geography most recent than you did, okay? I think I would remember. <laughs> anyway. Tequila comes from Mexico. I hope that you guys send comments through and you tell me how right I am and how wrong he is. Yeah, because... right. Okay. You're going to be disappointed when you get shot the <laughs> fuck down. Just gonna make me feel better. I love being right. Go ahead and Google it. I'm googling it at the same time on my phone. I hear these speedy fingers. Is Russia going. part of Asia? No, I just use soft text. Oh, look at that. Okay, seventy-seven percent sm- of it is in Asia and twenty-three percent is in Europe. No, no. Yes. No. I told you Russia no. is Asia. Seventy-seven percent of Russia. What do you on Wikipedia or something? <laughs> Baby, baby, 
Who are you dating? Baby. You're dating a smarty pants. No, I'm not. I know this shit. No. Yes. No. You don't know geography. <laughs> you might know geometry, but you don't know geography, okay? All right, so anyway, Russia is Russia, Asia is Asia. The, the bubonic, bubonic plague. plague <laughs> fucked people up worldwide, okay? Yep, it did. And before you so rudely interrupted me, I was going to say that there are probably a lot of restless souls all across Europe, Asia, and Russia. So those are some really good stories that we had tonight. I... I liked your story a lot. Thanks. Did I you like your story? Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for throwing me a bone on that one. And thank you, Paranormal Database, for the suggestion, because doing the history on that was really interesting. It was dark and twisted, and some of the people that lived at, in that hospital were really very interesting characters. I enjoyed it, which is weird to say, but I, I did. You say a lot of weird things. Mm. So next week I have my uh, one of my very close friends, Haley, is going to co-host with me. We're going to be recording down at uh, State College. And our topic is going to be haunted distilleries. So stay tuned for that. And don't forget, our episodes are coming out every Sunday at 2 p.m. And they're available right away on Spotify. I don't know how quickly they're available on iTunes and iHeart. But you can always go to our website, which is drinkdrunkdeadpodcast.buzzsprout, B-U-Z-Z-S-P-R-O-U-T dot com. Trying to spell that when I'm drunk. We also have Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. That's all Drink Drunk Dead on all three of those platforms. And then if you want to send us your scary stories your personal experiences they don't have to be scary they could be something good heartwarming they have to be scary we would love to be able to read them on the podcast so if you want to send them to our email that is drink drunk dead podcast at gmail.com we'd love to hear all about it and i think that might be about it for tonight i think so yeah we covered everything Hit all the bases. Yeah, so thanks again, Jolly Roger, for the logo, and thanks for listening. Stay Danke. tuned. Stay tuned for episode four, Haunted Distilleries, and then episode five is going to be Haunted Theaters with uh, some really, really good stuff coming up. So with that, I think we should... Cheers. Yeah. Raise, raise a, a toast, toast to, to our ghosts. ghosts.